0: WSFI 88.5 FM on your dial. This is the Deacon's Roundtable meeting once again. We have uh, Deacon Dave Egan from Victory Lake, Village of Victory Lakes in Lakeville, Illinois. We have Deacon Mike Alande from St. Mary of the Annunciation and myself, Deacon Greg Webster from St. Raphael the Archangel in Old Mill Creek, Illinois, and empty chair for uh, Deacon Richard Hudzik, so we can say lots of nasty things about him today. And uh, <laughs> um, and on the air, air with us, we have uh, uh, Deacon Chris Murphy from Loyola University and uh, stationed in Evanston as a, as, as a Deacon. We have Lisa Daniels from the College of Lake County and Sister Anne Marie Burkowski, yeah, I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm, getting, I'm working on that last mm-hmm. name. And uh, <laughs> we're talking about uh, uh, kids are leaving for college and parents are taking kids to college. We're all getting getting ready for that. Uh, before we get into that, though, Deacon Dave, would you lead us in a
1: prayer? Yeah, let's begin, let's begin all things. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. God, you know, first of all, thank you for giving us a glorious summer, a time to relax a little bit, enjoy your landscapes that you have given us and the beautiful sunrises and sunsets and as we start back to school please be with us with the responsibility that we have to empower our young people to become closer to you to help their relationship grow and let that form their life we ask this through christ our lord amen amen Amen. father son holy spirit Amen. amen
0: So on the line with us, we have Deacon Chris Murphy, who uh, for several years, I gave him lots of hard time over Ignatian spirituality and being at Loyola, and just uh, last uh, last May, I got my degree from Loyola, and I'm thoroughly into Ignatian spirituality, so uh, God has a great sense of humor, and Chris can make fun of me now for for being a late starter on that. So, Mike, why don't you uh, take it over and, and, and talk with Chris a little?
2: Uh, you may want to disregard everything they said about Chris. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Deacon Chris Murphy is uh, somebody I respect a lot, even in our class. But maybe we start with the uh, where, when, why of your, of your diaconate, uh, Deacon Chris. Could you tell us?
3: Sure. Uh, it was a long time in coming. Um, I was in the uh, college seminary here, Niles College, when it existed. Uh, and left at that point to uh, pursue the woman who had become my wife. Um, but I stayed in ministry uh, after I left the seminary. I was a youth minister at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Glenview uh, in the early 80s. Um, and then I did a variety of ministries. I was a hospital chaplain at St. Francis working with oncology patients primarily. Uh, I worked in a couple of parishes: Holy Family out in Inverness and St. Mary's in Evanston. Um, and then I, I got the opportunity to come to Loyola to be a chaplain, uh, and in short order ended up being the the the, the uh, chair, or head of the campus ministry department here. Um, and, but all over the course of all those years, it kind of would always creep into my discernment and I would kind of wear out spiritual directors and trying to decide whether I was being called to the diaconate or not. Um, but we had an event actually here at uh, Madonna a Chapel, uh, the chapel on the campus of Loyola University. Um, we had a, a student who died, uh, uh, very sadly, was uh, hit uh, and killed while riding her bike. Um, and the mother uh, realized that if she did the wake way out in the western suburbs uh, where they lived, that many of the students wouldn't have the opportunity to uh, attend the wake. So she called the university and asked if she could host a wake here at our Madonna della Strada chapel. Um, and uh, it just so happened at that time, many of the Jesuits who would have been on campus and might have kind of led the wake service Uh, they had gone out of town for another jesuit to be installed as a president so the task kind of fell to me um to kind of greet this family and to be with the students while they were grieving um and uh so me and a couple of members of the campus ministry staff hosted that and then after the service was over we went out uh to dinner uh, with this colleague of mine, who was a woman, and she looked at me and she said, "You know you're very good at this. I think you're denying a call. Um, well, i I burst into tears at that moment. Um, and uh, went back to my spiritual director and said, "You know, you know that thing about the diaconate that I thought I had resolved?" i said, well, it's 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 back open." And so uh, in a, about twenty, when we ordained, we were 2014, 2014. so about 2009, I started talking to my pastor at my local parish uh, and entered formation in 2010. Um, so there was the whole call of how do I more animate kind of my call to be of service uh, to Christ, and um, I think I found that call in the diaconate. So
0: Chris, when we talk about uh, campus ministry, what, what what does that mean to you?
3: Um, it means how do we, as, a, as, as ministers, um, open ourselves up and uh, reach out and support students in this kind of key developmental time? Uh, and you know, we intellectually, everyone gets that at a university, um, but how do we support them in their spiritual and psychological uh, growth? They're pretty key years. So I see us as, as kind of being uh, mentors. Uh, and people who kind of journey with them as they kind of try and figure out for themselves what does it mean to be a, a person of faith. And,
0: and how has that changed as the years have gone by for you? I mean, the students have changed—generation X, Y, Z, Q, M, and everything else—and uh, you know, the current, I forget where we're at generation. What we're now, but you know, they're have the attention span of a guppy or whatever they talk about that. And uh, um, I mean, I'm sure that campus ministers are just throw their hands up and say, Holy Spirit, take over, which they should anyway. But uh, uh, I'm sure the challenges have been dramatic, and particularly with, with, with when we talked to Lisa and, and Sister or Marie in, in public school settings, but even at Loyola, how much has, has in, in your perspective, has, has the world changed in, in the, the years that you've been doing this?
3: Oh, uh, certainly, lots of change, um, and, and it's more like an evolution. Um, I would say when I when I first came here, we, we, we in the students that we would capture, uh, uh, in terms of who would get involved with campus ministry or be with us at for mass, et cetera. Um, there was kind kind of two groups, um, and one was kind of this pastoral, uh, more. Pious uh, practicing student group, and then there was the kind of the social justice, change the world group. And those two groups, when I first came on campus, were two separate groups, both animated by their faith, but I think they both were suspect of the other. Um, but actually, over time, I have found that that uh, people, um, you know, have come and developed coming from traditions in which there was a more pious practice. Uh, being very sincere in that and and being more interested and willing to engage the social justice piece which I think has kind of helped soften the social justice edge of students um, you know who were who would look at some of the pious practices and and kind of be a knee-jerk you know suspicion Um, and they would kind of uh, kind of blend together so you you have that group going on. then there's a large group of of students, you know whom you know they finally have gotten away from uh, home and kind of have abandoned or or or, or it, it's not high on their list immediately to show up for math. Um, and the way is how do we begin to kind of reach out to that group uh, and, and those students? and that so, that's so as we happens the- in in a variety of different programming um, that that occurs on campus. A lot of interest in social justice, serving a common good, um, being of service to others. So there's lots of programs that do uh, service outreach. A lot of kind of you know service immersion trips, uh, and it's that way. Then we can begin to engage them in reflection on that service, um, and what does that mean for them uh, in terms of their own spirituality.
1: Chris, this is Dave Egan. Um, from part of my experiences that one of the ways that i've seen especially the social justice aspect come in is teaching people that okay you're now living the gospel and then sort of introduce sort of i don't want to say the pious justice, but sort of the background behind the theology of why you're called to do this that it's more than just a humanistic thing is that still Sort of the approach that people take in leading campus ministry.
3: Um, certainly, in 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 those programs where uh, the, the 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 scope of who's invited to participate um, is is that if you you kind of bring them in through their door in terms of their desire to be of service and to care for someone else, uh, and then be able to kind of offer the reflection. Uh, that can, that ties that into the spirituality that you're speaking of. You know that that why 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 do we do that? Why why does Lyola, you know, do this? You know, instead of just this being a humanistic response, it has it has more to do with our kind of living out uh, the good news.
1: Okay. No, thank you. It's just so that was generally my experience of. Um, Broadening the awareness of people at that age that they're always taught to do a good deed but then go into the background about why do you want to do the good deed?
3: Right. Well, that allows us to introduce, you know, um, you know, uh, speakers, quotes from, you know, saints and the Holy Ones alive today as well as scripture to kind of tie that in as to why we would, why, why you would be about doing
4: this.
0: You know, Chris, in my own experience, and I think the experience of most of us, if we're being honest, is that the 18 to early 20s tends to be a lost years as we're discovering new worlds that are outside mom and dad's house. And for a lot of times, that's when people, as you kind of alluded to, get challenged by their faith, don't follow their faith, have gone, you know, sleeping on Sunday because mom's not waking them up. How do parent, as a parent, how, how, do, I do, how do I deal with that?
4: <laughs>
3: uh, well you pray about it yourself um, I mean I there's we have to kind of allow that I think uh, that transition um, for for our, our children uh, to to go about kind of trying to discern that piece um, one of the things that I uh, encourage parents when they ask me that on campus or they're concerned is um, the question is inviting them to say well are there ways on campus that you can be involved or you really like doing you know x soup kitchen when you were in high school or you really enjoyed your your service volunteer service x you know are there ways that you can get involved um, in those kind of projects um, and so kind of appealing to their desire uh, and then 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 that would, that would help them them the student kind of possibly come across something that might have a, a spirituality faith basis to it
0: I think that's a great answer and I think we also have to recognize that we made it through why wouldn't our children so <laughs> that, uh, we have to believe that God's big enough to, do, to take care of these things go ahead Mike
2: one, one great advice that I remember my wife told my daughter and she went to Loyola was she told her leave the seminarians alone. Okay. <laughs> Just leave them alone, do something else, okay? Yeah.
1: Well there's one of the, I think, the one of the really good things that uh, Chris was saying is that um, people sort of finding their own way, and one of the things that I've found is that if someone starts questioning their faith at that age, as they're learning and they're questioning everything in the world, when they come back and take a second look at the church, it usually they become much stronger in their faith because they're approaching it like an adult at that point versus you know how they would drill for the first 12, 13 years of their life. and they're just much stronger in their beliefs and understanding of what they're called to do. And so I mean I think that's actually a you know a, that someone is questioning, I think is actually a very good thing.
0: I do too. And I, th- and I also, I'm a big fan of Newman Centers. And I think the parishes, St. Raphael, St. Mary the Annunciation, all those established parishes, need to take a hard look at why are Newman Centers so successful in in, in a faith of people at that age where the home parish might not be? Because we need to meet them where they are, which is what a Newman Center is doing and, and what can we do to reach out more effectively with that? And I think that's where the Newman Center I know in my children's life the Newman centers were, were very instrumental in in keeping that that flame alive
3: Well in the, in the, the Newman centers though uh, some are parish based but many of them are separate entities uh, right on campus or near campus right um, and, and, and they provide a whole focus of uh, programming and community building that's geared to that age group. And, so and I that, think sometimes it's hard for us to find a quorum of, of uh, you know, college-age students you know, who want to come and, and, and hang out at, at, quote, our traditional family-based parishes.
0: True, but, but if you look at the effectiveness of the Newman Center for just the reason that you're saying... Why aren't we doing that with high school-age students? Why aren't we doing that? And, and there are parishes that do have some wonderful programs, particularly, particularly in this area. But, but as a rule, I, I think we need to quit saying, you know, you got to do it this way and, and look to where we, we need to speak to the language that, that they want to listen to instead of just saying, go learn your Latin.
3: Right. So. <laughs> one, one often said, uh, you know, you have to have a preferential option for the young adult. So if if you got to keep inviting them in, well,
0: you know it's music is so, you know certainly the mass is 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 focused on the Eucharist and and it's Jesus being present. You know no one's going to argue that and that is the central point. But how many kids walk around with with the i the, the the iTunes? earbuds in their in their ears the whole time. And to say that music is not an important aspect of, of reaching them is is just not looking at the issue through the eyes of, of, of the people that age. And I think some of the, thi- some of the people need to, 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 to look. We, as you said, Chris, we need to get our, our younger people involved before they leave for the parish. We need to get them involved in it. Let them be le- lectors and extraordinary ministers of, of communion and ministers of care if needed, but to get them active in, in what we need to do so that they, they, the important isn't it that they come back Catholic, but let's make them leave Catholic. So, Well, thank you very much uh, for people listening right now. This is WSFI 88.5 FM. We are entering into our first break here, and we will talk to you in a few minutes. Thank you.
5: This is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. For baptism, we have cradle medals, baby Bibles, wall crosses, and night lights. We have beautiful baptismal gowns and accessories, as well as invitations and cards. If you have a First Holy Communion in your family, we have a wide variety of mass books and gift sets, rosaries and medals. We have exquisite veils for the girls and ties for the boys, along with all of the necessary party supplies. Our suggestions for new confirmants include personal-sized Bibles, prayer books, and other spiritual readings that can follow them through their lifetime. And don't forget the godparents and sponsors. We have gifts and cards for them as well. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook.
2: Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I I believe Catholic radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way and it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today.
0: Thank you for listening to WSFI 88.5 FM on your radio dial. We have Deacon Mike Egan and Deacon Mike Landy with us. Also, Deacon Chris Murphy and Lisa Daniels and Sister Marie. Lisa, we have uh, an interesting segue here because at Loyola you expect a lot of Catholic type of uh, programs and things that are going on. And uh, my pastor, Father Mike McGovern, told me some things that he was doing over at the College of Lake County. And... uh, hey, there's some Catholic activities going on over there, which we think is great, and you're right in the middle of our listening audience here. So can you tell us a little bit about what's going on over at College of Lake County?
4: Right. First, I'll tell you a little bit of our history. We had a campus minister at College of Lake County up until about 2001, and there really wasn't a Catholic presence after that time until about 2007. And then I was asked if I was willing to be a staff advisor for a Catholic club. And I said, sure, I'd like to, you know, have the opportunity to bring that opportunity back to the students. And so we started in about 2007, and then we've been very fortunate to have some of the sisters with us from the Verbum Dei ministry. And Sister Ann Marie and I have been working together for quite a few years, and we're trying to bring the opportunity as a club for any students who are interested in really pursuing their Catholic faith to be involved while they're attending the public school, College of Lake County. So that's kind of how we came into being and our numbers have been fairly small, but we've had some very dedicated students who've actually been with us for about two years and then they've transferred on to other universities and they've still been involved in in their faith as they've gone forward. So we're really glad to have this opportunity to have it on campus at the college along with about 40 other clubs that we have.
0: So so as a faculty advisor, what uh, what what is your faculty appointment or your your position at Lake County at the college?
4: Yeah, okay, I'm actually I'm um, called a staff advisor, so I am a teacher by trade. I have a couple of master's degrees in education, and I'm actually involved with our judicial services area, which provides training for the 19th Judicial Circuit Court of Lake County. So being the staff advisor for the Catholic Club really is a volunteer opportunity for me to give back to any of the students who attend the college, so it's not really related to my normal day-to-day job. But it's set up that way so that either faculty members or staff members can uh, be advisors. And then Sister Anne Marie is considered our pastoral counselor. And so we do try to have things like have mass on campus for Ash Wednesday or All Saints Day, giving the opportunity for both students and staff to attend right on campus without having to leave the building.
0: And where are you located in the college? I mean, where would the mask be in the college and things like that?
4: Um, we usually have it in our auditorium in our Grays Lake campus. We have a large auditorium that seats about 250, 300 people. We have a large conference room across from that. So we usually try to have it in one of those rooms or upstairs in our newer multi purpose room and then we do some advertising the students hang up some signs and you know they kind of advertise i send an email out so that the staff and students are aware that that opportunity is happening right on campus and we have kind of our um, core group that seems to come every time and then we have some people that come as their schedules allow so we've reached out to various uh, priests in the area to come in on those days, and that's how we've kind of met different uh, people. We used to have um, Deacon Bob Gagnon with us before he had passed away. He was with St. Peter's, and he also happened to work in my department for me in the college. So he really kind of tried to let other people know that we existed, and we really appreciate that, trying to reach out to any of the schools, including Carmel, any of the public schools, to say, when you come to college, come to CLC and look up the Catholic Club. So we try to grow our numbers in that way.
1: Well, so Lisa, this is uh, Davey. And what type of other activities um, does the club do besides, you know, setting up the masses for, you know, certain holy days, etc.?
4: Well, one of the things that we encourage all students to do in all clubs is to do a certain amount of community service hours. So one thing that Sister Anne-Marie and I found that the students have really enjoyed is going to feed my starving children in um, Libertyville and packing meals. So we've done that. We recently tried um, going to the Sparrows Nest, which is a um, resale shop benefiting Centers for Domestic Violence. And so we went in there and we priced you know, some items, did a volunteer opportunity there. And so we try to, um, you know, get the students to come up with ideas, things that they want to do in terms of, you know, maybe I think one year we did collecting diapers for one of the... um, social service agencies. And then we also try to do some fun activities. We've tried to pair those up with um, going maybe for meditation at St. Mary's Little Lake Seminary. And then after we do that, then we go out and take them bowling and over to Bill's for pizza. So we try to combine some spiritual activities with some social activities as well. Kind of rounding out those experiences.
1: Does the club have like uh, group get- Together where they just, you know talk about sort of issues in the world and some of their struggles and
4: right. The club does have um, regular meetings. They meet uh, we try to meet once a week, and Sister Anne-marie does a great job of leading them in prayer and talking about current issues. You know, sometimes they want to know things like, how is the Pope selected? And so she's done something on that. One time we had a, a priest come in and talk about how to handle stress, and that was a really popular event. We kind of did a lunch and learn. And so we do have regular meetings, and then also um, Sister Anne-Ree does meet one-on-one with any students who want you know, some more spiritual guidance, and they can set up an appointment with her to do that.
0: And when do those meetings take, take place? You said they're at once a week? Is it during the day? They're about once a week. And
4: they're during the day. They're during the day, and what we usually do is we see, based on the students who are interested in each semester, what their classroom schedules look like, and then try to work around that. And, um, you know, so that the majority of the students who are interested could come in during that time. So each semester, we kind of publicize what date and what time and what room number we get.
0: Is the the college. uh a heavily day daytime attended is it an evening? I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about the like, the, the college, but but the other uh, the more students students in the evening or during the day or how how do you deal with the, the that, that dynamic of the different times.
4: Yeah, what we find is most of the um, students who are interested in our club are the younger students, and the younger students tend to come during the daytime. We do see in terms of classroom space that the college is really very busy from 8 until about 1 or 2 in the afternoon. Then we have um, fewer people taking the classes in the afternoon, and then we have a large adult contingent that comes in in the evening where they're working all day and they're coming in to retool, get some computer classes. Or also pursue some associates degrees, so we tend to have our meetings during the days to to reach the younger audience.
0: So, being in a uh, a state-run institution, do do you have any challenges to having a Catholic club there, or they've been very supportive? How how would you um, view what that relationship is?
4: And the college has been extremely supportive, and we do sometimes have, um, you know, people who will approach us and ask us things about, you know, I don't understand if you have separation of church and state, how can this possibly be that you're having a religious club on campus? And we're not the only religious club. You know, we've had a fellowship of christians and we've had um not that it's a religious club but the muslim student association we've had a jewish club and so sometimes we just have to stop and explain to people that you know there is a law in higher education that says if students want to form a club it can be religious in nature, that that is allowed by law. So sometimes we have to stop and explain that, but um, you know, not often most people are very receptive, and really we're trying to stress cultural and religious diversity and everyone being accepted at the College of Lake County. And so um, you know, a lot of work is done on it, that, that everybody is included, regardless of their beliefs or their interests. We try to make it a warm and welcoming environment for all. So so
0: Lisa, if I can follow up, when we were talking with Chris about uh, the the Newman Centers and and the differences between the base parishes, what are some of the things we should be doing in our parishes or doing as parents that would help you with your activities uh, in the Catholic Club at Lake County?
4: Well, I recall uh, my own experience back in the late 70s and early 80s. I'm dating myself, but I went to the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. And so St. John's Catholic Church was right next door to the Newman Center. And it was just amazing to me how many students attended Mass. You know, 5 o'clock on Saturday, everybody would dress up and come in. And I think a lot of it at that time was very contemporary. The music that you mentioned, you know, it really drew the students in and they also had um, different classes that they offered that were you know family life and different topics like that that were somewhat religious in nature but they were accepted at the school and so um, I was involved in, in that particular regard and now of course at the community college I think our biggest problem is even letting people know that we exist. And so, again, any kind of outreach that any parishes could do to say, you know, we'd like to let you know if you do attend the College of Lake County, Catholic Club is available. And, you know, as far as being a parent myself, I I always believe, too, you're not forcing it on students, but letting them know the opportunities are there if they're interested and kind of let them come to it on their own terms. We also have student activities fairs at the beginning of the semester. We'll be having one of those coming up, I think in just a few days where we kind of table and we have people come up and talk to us and kind of sign a list if they're interested in being part of the club. So um, in, in terms of parents and churches, I think just letting people know that we do exist um. At one time in the beginning, we were kind of using that term Newman, but then we realized we weren't really an official Newman right. club. So that's when we renamed ourselves in 2013. We changed our name to the CLC Catholic Club.
0: We certainly should do, should help you get into the area of bulletins, that's for sure. And, and I'm sure WSFI can help spread the word a little bit as well to what's going on. Um, Deacon Chris, from your perspective of, of Loyola, what, what's coming to your mind with, with the activities here at a junior college?
3: Um,
0: I woke him up. I mean, the, the,
3: the <laughs> issue is when she talked about you know, getting them involved in service and things of like that, I think that's where this, this aid group can, can get involved. Um, that's the one idea that hits me. I mean, it sounds like that's what they're trying to do. The, when you first mentioned CLC, I realized it's the College of Lake County. But uh, the also the thing that, that has really grown here is Christian life communities. We call them CLCs as well. Uh, and instead of those being you know, focused around the Eucharist, they're focused around small faith-based communities uh, in which there's usually themes and topics each semester. Um, which may not necessarily be uh, a, a, a catechetical topic, but they do catechesis in them when they, you know, they focus on uh, issues facing uh, college students. Um, so those small groups have been have grown significantly here at at Loyola.
1: So Lisa, if um, one of the questions for you is that now that CLC is sort of um, branched out and is a university system. Uh, associated with CLC, do you find people, as they go beyond the junior college, tend to stay part of it if they're still in the area at those other universities?
4: Um, well, what we've found is that um, some of our students have actually gone out of state to universities. And they'll contact us from time to time, maybe come back and visit, or, you know, I think one time we had one of the students come back and help us at the beginning of the year with the student activities table to say, I was in this club before, and this is what I got out of it, and now I'm, you know, moving on to um, a university. But it seems that a lot of times they do go out of state, and then we may not see or hear from them for a while, but when we do, we often find that they are involved, you know, with some religious um, organizations at their university or they're involved in uh, doing, you know, community service work and so forth. We also try to stress to the students, and it seems, you know, interesting, but we say this is great for your resume to show that you're involved in clubs, that you're involved in service. And so we try to um, kind of sell the club, if you will, to them in that particular way. If you are transferring into a four-year school, they want to see what you've been involved in. So being a club and especially in a club or being a club officer is another thing. So we try to really get the students to do the work. You know, in the beginning, I think Sister Ann Marie and I were kind of doing more than we should have. And then we learned to get the students involved, get them to be officers and let them kind of spearhead the direction that the club is going to go and so that seems to have been working out well in recent years for us
1: mm. that sounds very good it's a, besides the you know the social aspect is the practical aspect of how to be a leader and to work out your faith in your daily life
4: right yeah. And we also try to uh, get them sometimes to interact with other clubs, you know, do things together, like let's reach out to, you know, another club and see if we can do something jointly. So that's another um, goal that the college really has is to get the clubs, you know, attending each other's events or working together.
0: All right, this is time for our our next break here on the Deacons Roundtable at WSFI 88.5 FM on your dial. We'll be back after these short messages.
1: Hello, I am Mark Shrouth from the Salzman Library at the St. Francis de Sales Seminary. The Salzman Library is the seminary library, but is also the library for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. So everybody is welcome. Our hours are Tuesdays and Thursdays, noon until eight, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, ten until four. We have a large collection of Catholic materials, including things on the sacraments, things on the saints, church history, biblical studies, philosophy, other faith traditions, as well as a ever-expanding DVD and CD collection. So come in, get a card, we'll show you around. For more information, you can visit us at www.sfs.edu slash Salzman, S-A-L-Z-M-A-N-N. We hope to see you there. Thank you very much.
0: We're back. We're talking about uh, Catholicism on some of the local colleges here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And of course, everything relates to the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and the Diocese of Rockford, who are also listening, listeners to WSFI. And now we're going to talk a little bit with Sister Anne-Marie.
1: Hello, Sister Anne-Marie. Uh, this is uh, Dave Egan. So if first, if, uh, I'd appreciate if you could share a little bit of your background with us and our listening audience.
6: Okay, um, I'm Sister Anne-Marie Burchowski. Um, I'm a missionary sister, of Verbum Day missionary fraternity. I've been a missionary sister for about 20 years, and in Chicago about uh, 12 years, and working at the College of Lake County for the Archdiocese of Chicago for about uh, seven years. And I've been on the campus there, um, uh, working uh, with the Catholic Student Club that we have there through so the Student Activities Office and also with Lisa uh, working with the, the students there on the campus.
1: So are you mainly based in Lake County or is it an Archdiocesan uh, approach office?
6: Oh, oh I, I'm mainly based at College of Lake County, but I live, I'm a, a sister living in the, the Convent of St. Eugene on, in Chicago. And I trans, uh, I, I go to the College of Lake County uh, four days a week to, to work in the campus ministry.
1: Okay. Um, no, this this is great. I I was thought you you were um overseeing some other schools beyond CLC. Is, oh, oh sorry
6: yes we I do uh huh we do I'm working with uh, four others three other sisters in our convent and we work at Northeastern Illinois University. Uh, the Wright College and Triton College and also College of Lake County
1: So what are the some of the differences that the experiences that uh, all of you have at those different institutions are? what things are common what things are differences and what are the challenges
6: Yeah, I think um, two of the colleges that we work in the Triton College and Wright College there's an office, there's a place to sit um uh, and the other two colleges, the university, Northeastern Illinois and the college of Lake County. Uh, there's not an office there per se, but, uh, we have the club, you know, to start from, you know, to start from there. And I think that that's can propose a challenge, but it also can give you the freedom to reach out and find more creative ways to reach out to the students. Um, Challenges we have, I think they're all commuter schools. there really isn't a school that has like um you know dormitories, but so students are coming or going they're students that have jobs you know and and so there's a lot of movement and some of the colleges most all mostly all three of them, three or three of the colleges we have uh, how would you say they um they're commuter schools, and, and people are coming and going all the time, so, uh, and they're graduating. There's a turnover very quickly, and so it's hard, you know, if somebody comes and enters into the club, it's hard for them, for us to, you know, if they're almost finished their semester or they're going to graduate to bring on more students. So that, that can be a challenge in the school.
1: Is your community, is that generally the focus of your community, is working with uh, schools? or I mean, I know very little about your mm-hmm. community.
6: Yeah, Verbum Dei Missionary Fraternity, we were founded in 1963, and we're from Spain. And uh, our community's been in the archdiocese for about 12 years. And um, our dedication is prayer and ministry of the Word of God. So we dedicate to teaching people how to pray with God's Word. And we do that through prayer groups, uh, through retreats. And we have part-time work in the Archdiocese by, um, through the campus ministry. So our main work is, is uh, our ministry of, of teaching people to pray, the people that come to our convent. But the part-time work we have is, is taking us into the schools in the campus ministry
1: work. I think both of those are, say at least are slightly related.
6: Sister, how,
0: on your own particular story, how did you get involved, or how, how, did you, how did your journey end up where you are today?
6: Okay, I think I can say my journey ended up where it is now, working in campus ministry, because I think my call came from a campus ministry I was studying before being a sister uh, in a university in Ireland. I was studying there because I wanted to be a veterinarian. I was accepted into the program. And there on my campus were a group of people like myself uh, from my community that were there uh, inviting people to pray with the Word of God and how and to deepen in their, their life of prayer. And that being on the campus, I when I was so worried, stressed out, you know, with my exams and being in a new country away from my family and like just for the first time being away, like so many other students being away, you know, having a lot of freedom, but grateful that I found, uh, people, you know, someone I, and I know behind that was the good Lord desiring that I come close to him. So, uh, that was a a beautiful gift for me and I do find myself uh, as a missionary quite called to being with students maybe because I feel that you know that's where I came from you know that's where my call because I did through that that my own community through uh, being on a retreat through people teaching me how to listen to God through the word taught me how to listen to a voice deeper than just any voice not just my feelings or my emotions, but a voice that would guide me in the right direction in a, in a place that I, I really was, could have been very insecure. And that can happen to a lot of people, a lot of students, especially at that uh, time in life when people are away from their families, starting, it's a lot more freedom, you know, being in your, in, in college than going from high school Little by little, you get a little bit more freedom, but college is a big jump. And then you're exposed to so many things, to um, different ideas from different people, from your teachers, especially in the place where we work in a, in a non-Catholic college, you're there and, and you hear a lot of students talk about different ideas that they're hearing about. And I find that sometimes when they, they meet you or you're talking, that they feel a breath of fresh air um, that they can speak and be their own person deep down you know and express their ideas or their concerns or worries about what they hear
2: Sister uh, what about the, the you know the kids of 2018 are they any different mm-hmm. in terms of you know you're your, and I, I identify very closely with the ministry of prayer how, how do the 2018 kids react to prayer How do they do it differently
0: than yourself? Myself? hmm
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my thoughts on prayer, I, I think uh, being a prayerful person is a very important thing, very important, because uh, that prayerful life comes out to another. I think everybody seeking the prayerful life even if they don't realize it, they're seeking a a prayer, a connection with God. Um, But I think in this day and age, especially with a lot of social media, there's a lot of distraction and maybe they don't feel like that's something of of an answer to their life or uh, to a more full life. Um, And for me, I find that um, being prayerful and also more of a one-on-one approach with students, mm-hmm. um, leading them from, I, I, I started in the past two semesters something called a journey of prayer, and it more is it runs one semester, so weekly a person can meet and talk about you know the deeper call inside of of a person of a person, especially as a student um, being on campus. Um, you know, who is God? Who am I? These questions of identity, like, where am I going? Am I on a journey? What is faith? Is it important? Um, Where am I going on this journey? Because, uh, and I found that in these two semesters, the people that did come to it, it really helped them in a a way. So I think the prayer, like you're asking a person of 2018 being a response to prayer is a little bit more I'm not sure if they really feel like they need it, but I know in my own self, as a person of prayer, I know that that's where God's calling every person, in, and it and it helps them. And, yeah, I, I think um, being a person of prayer is very important.
2: Uh, I, have, I have a kid, too. Okay, Mike. And uh, really, the challenge is to uh, impress upon them the, the value of prayer, the value of relationship with with our Lord, and uh, it's right. always been a challenge, yes.
3: Mm-hmm. Chris, you were you were gonna say something? I was gonna say one of the things that, that we have found to be attractive to students, because sometimes as you say prayer, they kind of get stuck in kind of old images, but the mindfulness has come up uh, to be very, in some sense, trendy, but that whole tapping into how to be more mindful, more aware, more discerning, um, is kind of a language that I think that age group is is attracted to. Mm-hmm.
2: Does it have to do with uh, contemplative pl- prayer, the way I would understand it? The yes. The approach would not be rote prayer, but rather meditation, uh, reflection on the word, uh, such types of things appeal to them. Am I right? Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I remember there was... um, Go ahead, Chris. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. uh,
3: Go ahead, Dave.
1: All right. Well, I remember that one of the things that um, was sort of popular from a song from a few years ago that caused a lot of people to think was from Joan Osborne, I believe, was like One of Us, and that Mm -hmm. God was a stranger on the bus, just a slob like One of Us. And I remember Mm -hmm. the watching kids eyes opened up when you actually you know did you actually read and hear the words and what do you call it to do and that's prayer and that was I remember they were shocked that I would say that song was prayer
4: hmm.
1: uh, but it was sort of like meeting them where they're at of that contemplative thing of like living your life continually it doesn't have to be the rote prayers it's speaking from your heart as to you know what's going on and what are you called to do? So that's, that's a great concept. I mean, I think that's a great learning concept that they're ready for at that age that they may not have been yeah. earlier.
0: Well, we're coming up on the end of our hour. I'd like to thank Keek, Deacon uh, Chris Murphy and for uh, being with us and all the, the work that he's doing at Loyola. I'd like to thank Lisa and Sister Marie for the work that they're doing uh, not only at CLC but all the our Archdiocese of Chicago and Campus Ministries. It's uh, so wonderful to hear that God is alive on ca- college campuses. We don't hear that so much anymore. And uh, God bless you for the work that you're doing, and, and we, we certainly support you and, and love to hear that you're you're the work that you're doing. Deacon Mike, would you like to take us a prayer out of this?
2: In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, Amen. thank you, Lord, for uh, this gathering here. And we ask you, we ask the Holy Spirit to be upon uh, Deacon uh, Chris uh Sister anne Mary, and Lisa and their apostate. And uh, we ask that their words reach to the hearts of our students so that they will live it, especially through social justice ministries. All this we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. All right. Peace. Thank you.